Good morning and welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, well, Christmas came and went and I gotta say, this is probably about as low as as one can possibly be about the state of everything Lakers. So... Maybe it'll get better in the next... Uh, no, it's not. It's not. Everything sucks. So the last time we spoke, uh, the Lakers were coming off of a loss to the Sacramento Kings, uh, 134 to 120. Uh, just take a look. Take a look at these uh, numbers here. They're defensive numbers uh, since AD went down. So against Denver... Uh, that was the night that AD got hurt. Uh, they give up 126 points there. Against Washington, they give up 117 points there. Then against Phoenix, 130. Sacramento, 134. Charlotte, 134. Dallas, 124. 51 of which came in the third quarter. Uh the defense has completely fallen off of a cliff, and that's probably what you would assume uh, given everything that AD was doing on that side of the court. But I also kind of wonder if we're reaching that breaking point that re we reached uh, last season where guys are just going to stop uh, competing. And a couple things, uh, a, a couple places that I think this is going to show up with. Uh, one, obviously defensively, that is where the most sacrifice and the most commitment and uh, the most, you know, that's where everybody needs to be on the same page. And if not, especially with a team that is lacking in talent defensively, uh, things are really going to go to crap. And I think we're, we're watching that. It's going to be interesting to see, you know, against Orlando, uh, a team that is, I think, eight games below 500. They're, what's crazy is that they're actually... Uh, Orlando is favored by eight uh, <laughs> to a LeBron team, which is just sad. Um, but like you, you're, you're going to see, they have a few of these matchups here. Orlando, Miami hasn't been very good this year. Atlanta, it has been up and down. Uh, Charlotte, Miami again. Atlanta again. Uh, they have some games here that you know you would consider potentially winnable. But if you aren't going to defend, then then things are really going to go to crap. And then the other the other part of you know what I'm kind of looking for here is offensively are people are, are are the guys going to stick to the system or are they going to start looking for their own and just to use an example here and there are there are many that I can point to but in that Dallas game against or on on Christmas there was a stretch there where Russ comes into the game and the Lakers are up by 13 and what followed was a disaster. Oh, sorry, they were up 12. All right, so it was 21 to 9 um, uh, at, at the 516 mark. Russ enters the game. Austin uh, Reeves enters the game. Um, the, the next play, Reeves takes a 17-foot pull-up shot. The Lakers go up 14. And then uh, from here on out, you get Russell Westbrook misses two-point shot. Russell Westbrook misses 18-foot pull-up shot. Um, Russell Westbrook makes a 17-foot pull-up shot. Russell Westbrook misses 26-foot three-point jumper. Um, and then the next, you finally have a, a play here where somebody not named Russ takes a shot, 
and it's Max Christie missing a 27-foot three-point jumper. Um, they uh, then called the Lakers, eventually called timeout, and that uh, what, at one point, the highest the lead ever got was 14, but that, that lead at that point now dips into six. And again, there are other examples that I can point to here, but if Russ is taking like five or six straight jumpers, jumpers especially, right? Um, if he's taking that many straight shots, that's him gunning, right? That's that's not that's not him trying to get, especially when you when you're playing with the lead, right? When Russ enters the game, there you want to get out in transition and and you want to try to get more guys involved. You want to get the offense going. But if Russ is coming in and taking five or six straight jumpers, or it, that's that's an indication to me that he isn't committed in that stretch to winning basketball. And again, there are other examples of this that we can point to throughout. But, uh, you know, if if that is the guy that every national telecast, I'm, I have to listen to these uh, people who clearly haven't been paying close attention to the Lakers, um, just breathlessly praising Russell Westbrook for how he's played off of the bench. He's been better. He's been better off of the bench this season than he was at any point last year, but he still isn't good. He isn't a, you know, a winning basketball player right now. And that kind of highlights that, right? And, and, and you know, now as, as the, the losses start really kind of piling up and as, you know, we, we get further into the Anthony Davis absence, uh, it, it, these are the like small little signs, the small red flags that indicate, okay, all right, guys are starting to check out. And um, it's really difficult for Darvin Ham to be put in a spot where he has to get guys to check back in, being a rookie head coach and given the bad roster that he has. But we also should probably start to have a conversation about Darvin Ham too. Just like last year with Frank Vogel, I think we do need to always offer up the context that this roster is bad and there just isn't much that any coach would be able to do given how unbalanced, you know, it's it's an unbalanced roster and it's unbalanced with basketball, with bad basketball players, you know, <laughs> that's, that's a tough combo. And uh, even with that said, though, Darvin Ham's, at one point he played Austin Reeves at center and... Uh, there is, you know, a theory floating out there that that was him kind of sending a message, be like, hey, look at what we're doing here. Whether he's sending a message to the front office or he's sending a message to Thomas Bryant or and Damian Jones um, and even Wenyan Gabriel in that game uh, against Dallas, that they were just getting torched inside. And, uh, you know, he's probably thinking, well, shoot, if those guys aren't going to be physical, then screw it. We're just going to go super duper small and Obviously, that didn't work out, and he said after the game that you know his game plan was kind of throwing shit at the wall and hoping something sticks. But it, look, you can't do that. That is Austin Reeves can't play center. Like, come on. And you know the 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 continued reliance on Patrick Beverly in the starting lineup, and the continued reliance on these three guard lineups that can't shoot, can't space the floor and aren't explosive enough to to take advantage of what you would hope for when you go that kind of small. Like, I know that it's an imbalanced roster, and I know that he probably feels the need to get those guards who are the more talented players uh, on the the roster. He probably wants to get those guys looks, but at the end of the day, like, you, you just can't play that small in today's league. And 
the fact that he continues to do it indicates to me that, you know, we, we certainly can't say he's better than Frank Vogel. And, you know, Howard Beck said on my show that, you know, he he sat down with Jeannie Buss before the season and, you know, and, and asked her about, how you know, hey, how comfortable are you with how little change that was made in uh, heading into this season compared to last year, whether, you know, organizationally or or with the roster? Um, and, you know, she said, well, hold on. We did make a big change. We hired Darvin Ham. And, you know, if that was what they were going to point to and if, if they were essentially looking at Darvin Ham as the catch-all for solutions here, um, one, thinking a rookie head coach would be able to do that for you organizationally without structural changes on the roster indicates the lack of experience and, and frankly, bad instincts that the franchise has, um, you know, just exemplified time and time and time and time again from the top down. And and it puts Ham in an impossible spot because he's not, you know, just like last year, Frank Vogel, nobody could have won with that roster. It was a bad roster. And this roster, I think, is is... I don't think significantly better as evidenced by the record. And yeah, I, I, I think both of this stuff can be true at the same time where I think it's a bad roster and Darvin Ham was put in an impossible spot. And also he isn't doing everything that he could to make that situation better for himself. And, you know, it, so long as this is how we have to keep talking about all of this, um, I hope they don't squander somebody who appeared to be a very solid head coaching prospect. Uh, I was really um, stoked on him, just given some of the stuff that he said and and some of the stem- systemic stuff that he implemented, especially on offense. But you know, overall, he I don't know <laughs> meet the new boss same as the old boss, and the Lakers needed if that was. You know, if if uh, the Lakers saw Ham as enough to turn things around organizationally, and it is meet the new boss, same as the old boss, then yeah, this is the end result. This is how that was always going to look. It sucks, but here we are. I'm going to do something that probably isn't very good for on-air content and, and for the health of my own on-air content, but... I really think the only answer to this, right, the only thing that that fans can control is our engagement with the product. If it's a bad product, why are we buying the bad product? Why <laughs> if it's if it's something that like I, so for example, I, I'm, I live out here in Texas, right? And the, and the thing that drives me the most insane is that they've allowed monopolies when it comes to our utilities. And those utilities can go in and out. And I, as a customer, have nothing that I can say or do about it because I, I, I need gas. I need electric. I need water. Um, and, and yet, because those companies have been allowed to operate as monopolies like we, like those they can just be bad products and there's nothing I can do about it right I can invest tens of thousands of dollars in solar I guess and that's that's about the extent to which I can extricate myself from those monopolies 
in this case, this is a sports team. Like this is this is if, until and I, I don't go to games, don't watch. Have those ratings dip so bad that minority owners get fed up and they start pressing Jeannie for you know to to clean up the way that she has allowed the business to run. You 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 give Rob Palenka an extension that clearly you aren't proud of, given that you were angry that it leaked when you were asked about it. Uh, clearly, you know you know deep down that like this isn't how business should go, and and that things aren't okay. Cool, we know that too. I know what a good product looks like. I have to watch because it's my job, but. Those of you like listening and 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 watching those games on on a nightly basis, like tune out, tune out. I'm not going to go so far as to call it a boycott because it seems like it that makes it seem way more important than it actually is. But yeah, like until until the people who Genie refuses to hold accountable are actually held to account, fuck them. <laughs> Watch somebody else. Buy some Clippers stuff. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm kidding about that. That's they, Their stuff is hideous. But yeah, tune out. There's football on right now. <laughs> There's other stuff to get your attention. Talk to your family. <laughs> Do something other than support this team and support the people who have run this team into the ground. That's going to do it for this episode of the Lakers Lowdown. Another short week here ahead of us as we get ready for... Uh, New Year's and New Year's Eve, uh, but we do have stuff lined up for you, hopefully today, tomorrow, and Thursday before uh, hi, uh, we, we all head into yet another holiday weekend. So until then, and until I talk to you guys next, I'm Anthony Irwin saying have a good one.